0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Real-Time Enterprise channel on Vantic TV, our video and podcast series of interviews with thought leaders and practitioners in digital transformation and the real-time enterprise. My name is Blaine Matthew and I'm Chief Marketing and Product Officer at Vantic. Note that you can reach either myself or the guest by sending a note to realtime at Vantic.com, and we will be more than happy to follow up. Mm-hmm. Joining me today is Joe Peterson, VP Cloud Services at Clarify Three Hundred and Sixty. Joe is a twenty-year veteran in the technology field, with stints at MCI, Intermedia Digest Communications, and Quest Communications in both pre-sales, technical, and selling roles. She holds an MBA and a Bachelor of Science in Computer Information Systems. Joe was also named a 2018 CRN Woman of the Channel and is listed as a top 100 cloud influencer on social media and is also a prolific public speaker. Thanks for the time, Joe. We really appreciate you joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: All right. Well, we're definitely excited to have you. As I I know you're aware, our very first guest on Vantic TV was a friend of yours, Tamara McCleary, and uh, the CEO of Thulium, and now we've got uh, one of her, her friends on. So we're really excited to have you.
1: Oh, I'm I'm happy to be here. And it's gonna to be tough following in her footsteps. She's she a social media icon.
0: Yes, tough act to follow, a lot of energy, but we'll we'll make it happen. I I know we'll make it happen. So tell us a bit more about yourself and about Clarify 360.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. So Clarify 360 is a next-gen IT consultancy, and we focus on a couple core competencies. We focus on cloud security, connectivity, and collaboration. Uh, Hmm. 60 to 70% of our revenue is generated from the holdings of private equity firms.
0: Hmm.
1: And what's different about us is that we're all engineers. We go in and we help solve problems that could be have been inherited uh, in the firms that these companies buy, these private equity firms buy. And we're a resource. We become an adjunct to that staff. We help them realize savings, which is always important in a private equity environment. We help them re-engineer so that they can do more with the same. Uh, And then we also help with greenfield deployment. So perhaps there's a new technology that they're not utilizing that they they really feel might boost productivity or whatnot. Hmm. So we'll come in and vet that both from an engineering standpoint and a financial standpoint.
0: Now, private equity tends to be focused on, you know, turnarounds or restructuring. Are these companies that need your services because they haven't quite figured out the cloud yet or how to transform themselves?
1: Could be that, or it could be that they, um, you know, had not looked at some of the newer technologies. And so maybe we're doing things in an older way. Uh, An example might be many large organizations do a refresh of Uh, desktops and laptops every three years Mm -hmm. and depending on how large the organization is that refresh can be a multi-year process and so for the last 20 years they've always bought hardware and maybe the financials and then some of the softer cost like number of FTEs might lead them down a path where they could go to a hosted desktop solution you know, and so we'll help them sort through that. And that would be a good example of maybe a a newer technology replacing an older one where it has to be, you know, it's an operational expense and not a capital expense. That might be an example of something we might do.
0: Hmm, Interesting. Mm -hmm. So you do uh, write a lot, tweet a lot about uh, a topic uh, called cloud transformation. What What does that mean?
1: Cloud transformation is the idea of, and it's not, it's not one-size-fits-all by, by any means. I'm always, let me say first, that I'm always in favor of doing what's right for the customer. I'm not about pushing a particular agenda or technology. Maybe it means that for your particular vertical, you know, you, you might need to keep a larger percentage of your infrastructure in physical assets. Could be regulatory constraints that perhaps have you in that situation. Could be that you've spent a whole lot of money on hardware and you are not able to financially sink the cost yet. You know, it could be a lot of things. So I sit on your side of the table and I want to do what's right for you as the customer. Hmm. Just because technology is cool doesn't mean that you're able to adopt it or it makes sense for you. So that's so it sort of, to, I'm
0: sort of a to say ball. that cloud transformation is digital transformation enabled by a transition to the cloud and a, away from, you know, on-prem technologies and solutions to the cloud, or, or I don't want to put words in your mouth. How would you describe what, what the relationship is between cloud transformation and maybe digital transformation widely, more widely defined?
1: I think they're parallel swim lanes. I think what you see happening You know, it's interesting that you say that, and I'll I'll say this about digital transformation. It's the same as I'll say about cloud transformation. It is much as about the financials and the technology as it is about your culture. If culturally you are not, you either don't have executive support, you're not ready to make the transition, you're built in silos that don't talk to each other. It's great to have that idea, but it's not gonna happen. Same thing happens with cloud. Unless you're ready to adopt cloud and everybody's bought into it, it's not going to happen. Or you're going to get shadow IT occurring. You know, you're going to get departments like marketing who do their own thing because they feel like maybe IT is a bottleneck for them and they need to get something done. And sometimes what they're going to do works and sometimes it doesn't.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It really depends on the culture.
0: Yeah. Now, in talking to a lot of CIOs, especially over the last year, I, I've definitely seen, you know, many of these folks often from call it Fortune 500 companies or global 1000 companies are, are in the middle or somewhere through a, a cloud transformation, moving their infrastructure to the so-called public cloud, uh, moving applications. But in many cases, they're not actually transforming the business. Like just moving from one location, one, you know, an on-prem data center or a self-managed data center into the cloud could maybe, maybe save some costs, maybe increase some efficiency, but it doesn't necessarily fundamentally transform your business, your business model, the way you generate revenue. Are you, you know, are you seeing cloud transformation projects that are actually transformative to the company? Or, or maybe in a way to ask it, is what percent of these projects that you see are actually transforming the way the company operates or potentially transforming versus just moving things from one place to another place?
1: It's a really good question. I think you've seen adoption in certain verticals of cloud quicker than others because it did have such a strong business impact. Let's talk about the software industry. That's a great example of the whole DevOps movement and the reason that people went to cloud early by going to the cloud, they could literally change how fast code. They could literally change how fast they got a product to market. So it was transformative in terms of the business. Absolutely transformative. You'll see, you'll see, you've seen major retailers and software companies go down that path because for their mobile sales, for their software releases, all kinds of things. The bottom line was revenue generation and speed to revenue generation, and that's what the cloud did for some of these these companies. Hmm.
0: Interesting, interesting. So, tell me more about some of the keys to a successful digital transformation via a move to the cloud. What, what have you seen? What have you seen in the real world? What are the secrets?
1: Well, I don't know that they're secrets. I think that, that again, it comes back to how fast you're willing to move as an organization and whether or not you see value. You know, one of the questions that you asked me, and maybe I'm jumping ahead was, you know, what was an interesting project we were working mm-hmm. on, right? Yep. Is, is it okay if I chat about Absolutely. that one right now? Absolutely. Okay. So we work with a, uh, a global contract resource research organization that serves the pharmaceutical industry and, and biotech industry. And, their customers are customers that are looking to outsource their clinical trials process right Um, the firm is super technologically advanced this client is and they were super early adopters of iot and so they actually started using the cloud to do some of the crunching of the numbers of the clinical trials that they got in first so that was sort of how they use the cloud and they Mm -hmm. found that. The cloud speeded up their processes and they could get reporting back to the clients faster right and then they were early adopters of iot which we're helping them with because in the clinical trials they found out that they had to collect data however the data points were collected and the iot allowed them to transmit that data faster hmm. a really interesting marriage to me of the use of cloud, the use of IOT, some emerging technologies to really, at the end of the day, speed up the deliverable to the client and thus speed up the revenue to the company and thus maybe win more contracts because they were so advanced over some of their competitors. I mean, it's a really nice story about how technology changed the way they did business.
0: Interesting. Well, yeah. you mean, that's that's a great story, and you, you mentioned you know speed and, and uh, moving faster, that relates to something we talk a lot about on this uh, on this series about the notion of real time business, and mm. the fact that you can you know as as you said actually and IoT IOTs often involved in it take in data feeds from third party data sources could be IOT devices and then uh, use that to enable actions to be taken in real time. Do you see that as being sort of core to the notion of, of digital transformation and cloud transformation?
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the questions you'd ask for an example, I'm from Southern California, and the entertainment industry is a huge deal here in Southern California. It creates lots of revenue. It creates lots of jobs for people. It It's used as lots of technology. And I was, you know, it was the whole. All daytime last year, and I'm sort of cruising through some articles, and I read this one about Disney announcing its intent to acquire 21st Century Fox. And I was like, whoa, that was a 52.4 billion in stock deal. I'm like, why would they want to do this? I, you know, let me peel back the onion here. And then it became clear to me that they were not only trying to create reinvent Disney for a digital future, right? They were trying to effectively compete against other digital agents, such as Alphabet's YouTube, Amazon Video, Apple TV, Facebook. They, weren't not, they were not just changing the technology through this deal. They were changing their go-to-market strategy. Mm-hmm. They were gonna be able to get to the consumer first, right? And I was like, wow, that's a game changer. So that's the use of technology to change how you reach your audience, and that 's huge
0: hmm. yep, absolutely. Another area that we 're seeing this change happen is in uh, getting gathering data I think closer to its source, and it could be in in this case closer to where it 's created in the home even or at the consumer end. Uh, when we were talking before, we were talking about the edge eating the cloud, and uh, and so since you're focused on cloud transformation, I wonder if you, now you're expanding that concept to be edge and cloud uh, transformation, or w- what is your thought on the edge?
1: Absolutely, and what's happening is such it's such a great question because, again, parallel swim lane stuff is going on, and particularly in certain verticals. and. Those verticals are, we talked about medical, you know, an example of the healthcare vertical. Actually, you know, this is like big pharma stuff, right? Um, But we're also seeing it in energy and we're seeing it in transportation. And, you know, the thing is there that when you have more fixed assets that are distributed, it becomes a science problem, right? It becomes a physics problem is what it really becomes. So the, the cloud is really great at central processing, but when we move those assets out disparately, we have latency issues, we have distributed processing issues, we have real-time processing issues, we have all of these things come up. And so what's occurring is that we have separate networks that are being created for these devices. Hmm. And these, these networks function differently They are organized physically differently, but they still have their bandwidth associated with them, processing associated with them, all the things that you think happen in the cloud and security, right? It's a thing, IoT security is a thing. So as these sort of uh, mature and grow, we're gonna see just distinct uh, expertise occur around these separate networks.
0: Really, really interesting. Are you, uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, sort of the future of artificial intelligence and the ability for people and machines and systems to work collaboratively together? Do you, uh, I, I imagine through some of your clients, you're hearing more and more about that everybody wants to be an AI company these days. So what are you, what is your, what's your general thought on that?
1: Well, so... You'll probably laugh at my response, but it's, its I guess, how I think about it. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, AI is going to foster better decision-making. And if it becomes a tool for humans to have the ability to look at a number of scenarios and then choose the scenario that best fits the business, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's gonna do this sort of rationale us and it also might take away some of the uh, more redundant work that could be done. Um, so I'm, I'm smiling because one of my favorite shows on TV which is leaving sadly is Fixer Upper and there's a lady on, on the show by the name of Joanna Gaines yep. and she she has this, she's a designer and she has this design software, I don't know if you've ever caught off show or not, she has this yep. design software. And she has a couple come in and she sits with them at her kitchen table and says, Oh, Hey, here's the design I've created with all the inputs that you've given me and what works for you. And then, Oh, by the way, let's, you know, we've got some options to tweak some things. And I sort of think of humans and AI in that very simplistic way of working together. She has the ability to change things on the fly in real time to meet the client's needs. But it was her genesis and her thought that was this that went into this design it was her idea so in a product situation you know you might have a product manager that has a number of good ideas for a particular appliance or piece of software and then feeds them into some ai assisted tool and then it spits out a couple variations and then you guys does a business sit down and say, "Hey, that one works for us, and that one's a little too far-fetched, and uh, whatever it is," and so I, you know we're early, and it's fun, and I think that there's great um, there's great collaboration that can happen.
0: Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Well, I do watch the show and I'm also sad that Joanna Gaines will be uh, going away, but, uh, but it's interesting you bring her up because obviously she's an incredible designer and uh, who, you know, who happens to be a woman. You're a very successful technologist, obviously, who also happens to be a woman. As you know, w- women in tech is a very hot topic these days. It has been for years and it seems to just get hotter, not, not less hot. I, I'm, and I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but, you know, how did you get to where you are today? And, and you know, how do you feel about, about, uh, about the, the state of, uh, of women in technology today?
1: I am Big so question. excited by Big it. Big question. Big but... question, right? I am so excited by it. I mean, seriously, I know this is a little dorky, but <laughs> I get excited when I see a lady CIO. And yeah. sometimes like I'll see her pop up on my LinkedIn feed. And I'll just connect with her, and I'll be like, "You know, you don't know me. That's okay. I think it's awesome that you're a female CIO." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes they'll connect back with me because I really do think it's awesome, because when I started doing this, there were no female CIOs. I mean, it, it, maybe there were like a couple somewhere in the US that I didn't know about, yeah, but right. <laughs> just I don't know. They weren't prevalent, that's for sure.
0: Mm.
1: So it's growing and changing. Um, I think that what's really, really important is to have an advocate along the way. And it may surprise you when I say this, but my best mentors were guys. My best advocates were guys, were my male supervisors that saw that, that I was like, that I had talent or skill, or they believed in me, or they trusted me, or, um, you know, they saw that I worked really hard, whatever it was, and they were kind enough to be an advocate for me. And I think an advocate sometimes is different than a mentor. I think sometimes they're the same, but I would tell young women not to just look for another female to follow. Mm. Look for those resources that are around you that are willing to see your talent and are willing to help you along the path because we learn from all people doesn't matter what their gender is.
0: Yeah, very uh, I think very good advice. So, all right. Well, let's go to one of my favorite parts of the conversation where I give our guests a chance to call bullshit on some aspect of conventional wisdom. Is there is there something where, you know, the the gurus and talking heads are saying x and you actually think it's y?
1: Oh god. I want to call bullshit on the fact that cloud is not secure. Oh. Thank you. I hear so. Tell us, many, tell us more. Oh, <laughs> well, I just hear so many people say. Back oh. to the cultural thing that we were talking about earlier. Look, if you want to keep your stuff, if if cloud frightens you, and maybe it frightens you for good reasons, and maybe it frightens you because you're afraid to lose your job, or maybe it frightens you because you're not up to enough yet on this cloud stuff, or I or, or maybe there's really other better reasons, right? But to say that it's not secure is not fair. A lot of the cloud breaches that we see are about human errors that occur, that, that a storage bucket wasn't secured. You know, someone didn't properly set up the authentication. Or it, at the end of the day, it's not the provider's fault. At the end of the day, if you didn't set up HA, high availability, well, that's kind of on you. You know, uh, but, but I, would, I would say that in many cases, cloud is more secure than on-premise. And here's why. They, they have multi-layered security defense in place, right? So with a legacy system that's older, you may not be able to have multi-layer defense just because of the age of the thing. Yep. You know, you're not able to. Um, there's controlled access. So if you haven't set up controlled access on your cloud, whose fault is that, okay? Mm. Everybody can get in there and, and do it. It's about governance and that comes from you. Um, there's cybersecurity expertise that's built in. And the last the last thing is that these cloud providers, in order to have PCI compliance, in order to have HIPAA compliance, they are thoroughly and frequently audited. So, you know, I, I would tell you that Really consider your position if you don't think that the cloud is secure. Because if you go with a reputable cloud provider, they are absolutely secure.
0: Where where do you think where do you experience that we are in that acceptance of cloud as being a viable solution in the market for you know significant enterprise applications? Are we still in the early days, or or has everybody drunk the Kool Aid and it's just the final stages now of the uh, of the later adopters? moving to a cloud tr- cloud-based cloud transformation?
1: Yeah, I think that the security, the, the concept of it not being secure is getting better because it is secure. I think that um, depending on the vertical, there is migration to the cloud, but the idea that everybody's already in the cloud is just not true. It's just not. For whatever various and sundry reason, it's not. And um, I think that, you know, now we're getting to a point where we're starting to look at the next phase, which is optimization. And optimization is not only cost control, it's a number of things. So that's where I think we are.
0: Yeah, that I, in my experience agrees with that entirely. We're, we're moving down the spectrum, but we still absolutely have a long way to go. And I'm always surprised because uh, at the company I work for, the platform we provide could be run on-prem or in, or in the public cloud as a service. Of course, we feel it would be so much easier and more efficient for our clients to buy it as a service you know, is running in the public cloud on top of AWS or Azure or whatever the case is. But it, it never ceases to amaze me how many are still not quite there yet for various reasons. And, but it's, we're getting there. We're getting there. So, well, to bring us home, uh, I, I'd love any you know, key takeaways or tips for either a business or a technology leader uh, that is trying to drive a real-time cloud transformation in, in her business. What are some, what are some final tips or takeaways?
1: I'm going to go back to something that we talked about before. I really believe this where I see it work best is when everybody's on board that there's executive sponsorship and that the silos are all sitting at the same table. You know, somebody said to me, Whoa, is it the CIO that drives digital transformation or is it the ceo or is it the cmo and i said all of them and they all better be at the table and they all better be talking to each other because you can effectively as a cmo really affect your silo right but that doesn't mean that it's gonna have any ripple waves across the rest of the organization and if you're not serious about it you shouldn't have me at the table
0: well, I think that wraps it up. And, and I would definitely want you at my table if we were trying to do a cloud transformation of our business. So, Joe, thanks so much for today. Uh, great chat.
1: Thank you so much. You're Take it easy. Welcome.
0: Bye. You're welcome. And those interested in hearing more of Joe's thoughts can follow her on Twitter at Digital Cloud Gal. And also check out her personal website at joepeterson.net. And you can reach out to me anytime at realtime at vantic.com. Thank you. If you would like to subscribe to the podcast version of The Real-Time Enterprise, search for The Real-Time Enterprise on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you are already listening to the podcast version of The Real-Time Enterprise, please leave a rating or comment and let us know how you are enjoying the show.